Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to an all-new episode of Low Value Mail on this January 2nd, 2024, the year of our Lord. We have a hoot daddy for you this evening on episode number, this is episode number 90. I don't know what significance that has, uh, but it's where we're at. It's been uh, a wild ride, I suppose, uh, but here we are. So Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for joining me tonight. Hold on a second. Had to, uh, how's this phone that keeps, something that keeps buzzing. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. Real professional outfit we got over here. It's not called High Value Mail. Am I right? Uh, with us tonight, this evening, we are joined by Matt Crompton, host of the Solving JFK podcast. And we're going to be talking about all things JFK. So, uh, you know, the, the format of this show changed last year. And we were bringing on guests. And it was only a matter of time before we had um, a JFK I don't know, what do you call him? Expert, I guess. JFK expert. Uh, on. So he's going to be joining us very shortly. I've been listening to his podcast. It's very good. You can check it out. It's called Solving JFK. Looking at another whole JFK uh, conspiracy. And uh should be, should be a banger. Please, if you are watching, hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, people sometimes say, hey, I didn't know that there was a show tonight. Or um, sometimes I do those uh, Crossing Streams shows where I watch uh, zero-view live streams on the internet, and some people go, I didn't know about that, and it's because you don't subscribe or you don't hit the bell. I can't hold your hand all the time, but I can help you help yourself by hitting that gosh darn bell and hitting subscribe. So uh, go ahead and do that, please. Um, If you'd like to support the show, if you want to see this show prosper and grow uh, and become longer eventually, you can do so at patreon.com slash low value mail, M-A-I-L. You get all sorts of stuff. You get to go to the Discord where all sorts of happenings are going on. And you get uh, episodes with no ads if you're just a listener. There's, you get all sorts of stuff. You get all the old episodes of Crossing Streams, which are not available anywhere else. All, it's a real hoot, okay? Uh, and you also get a wrench. You see some people in the thing have a wrench. You also get that, and you're wondering, where can you use the wrench? What is that good for? It's good for the after show that's happening tonight. We're back with a new after show at 11 p.m. You can use the wrench because the wrench allows you, makes you a mod, which allows you to drop links. And then we're going to watch the videos in the after show of links that you, the wrench people, drop. If, are you a regular person? Then you don't get to drop links. So there's that. Um, and I'll probably give away a couple of YouTube memberships tonight as well. If you want to, that's another way you can, if you want to do a YouTube membership, do it up. And then one day maybe I'll have a producer and this will be, I wouldn't, I was going to say medium value, but it's still going to be low, but it'll be like low to medium. Maybe it still needs to have low in it. Uh, also tomorrow night, we are back with an all new episode of the Bathhouse, the ultimate comedy hang live from the stand comedy club green room. That show has been, uh, Really fun, actually. And last week's episode, we hit an all-time uh, record for live viewers. So uh, that was pretty cool. Let's keep it moving tomorrow. Uh, and anything else? We have an after show tonight. I already said that. So without further ado, 
let us bring on our guest. Hold on. Uh, Matt. Oh, let me ask to unmute. Matt, are you there? Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up? Uh, welcome to... Good to be Low here, Value man. Mail. Sorry, I just got to switch some things up because I don't have a producer, uh, but that's fine. All right, welcome to the show. Oh, oops, I fucked it up again. I always do this. It's, it's why it's called Low Value Mail. Okay, we're, we're, we're good to go here. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you for coming on. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, Danny. Thanks for having me on, man. Excellent. It. So you were recommended to me by, I believe, uh, Jose from uh, Tower Gang. He, yeah. yeah, you were recommended as um, kind of like the the, the gold standard uh, for uh, JFK stuff. And I saw when we were speaking behind you, you have all this JFK stuff. Yes, this, my shrine. Your shrine to JFK. So you're you're a bit of a JFK. You guys say head? Was that just because the? Yeah, um, you know, if you're if you're going to dive into the case and have a podcast that has like a name as audacious as solving JFK, you're gonna have to have some books, right? And then right. like, well, everybody finds out that that's all I'm ever doing because I spend even you know now I'm spending about twenty to thirty hours a week on this podcast and uh, just on reading and researching and cross-referencing books and documents. And so, yeah, I end up having to to buy all these books. Uh, these are, you know, legitimate business expenses, uh-huh. <laughs> tax write-offs. And, uh, yeah, you know, I only had a couple of them before I started the podcast. And now I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to get as many as I can, especially the, you know, the best ones. Yeah. So is this a, a recent thing? Like the whole JFK stuff? Yeah. Well, I, your, your I, um, interest in it. You know, man, like everybody else, the, there became a time when I found out about it, and then I saw the Zapruder film, and I saw his body go violently back into the left, and then I found out that Jack Ruby killed the guy who supposedly had killed Kennedy. Uh, you know, he's he's then killed two days later before you can really say anything. Um, so that I think you know, like most people, that's kind of what immediately piqued my interest in it. I did dive in early on. Uh, I, I read a couple of books and you know just watched some documentaries, but that was when I was a senior in college and I was a, uh, a history education major. I, I knew I was going to law school, so I just you know <laughs> I ended up uh, uh, doing uh, student teaching a 1960s to present American history sophomore American history class. You know, as a senior, I could kind of uh, you know do what I want in terms of the class. And in particular, I was supposed to become an expert in one topic and spend one week on that topic. And I was allowed to show three, three videos, like three whole days of videos. Cause I had five of the same classes over and over again. And, uh, I just wanted to kind of go out with my friends and be able to come in hungover was my priority. And I knew the JFK assassination had a lot of things and I did want to learn about it. And so I, I did that. I showed them an episode of the men who killed Kennedy and then I showed them like a, a Nova documentary that said that, you know, the Warren report was right. Um, and then I, f- I forget what else I showed them. But but yeah, that that's kind of what got me interested. I was on the uh, the LBJ did it train <laughs> initially yeah. just because those were the first books I read. Um, and uh, but but anyway, uh, uh, I, I couldn't figure out who it was. Um, you know, I thought maybe it was the CIA, you know, whatever, Cubans, mafia, I, I don't know. But it didn't make sense, and I wanted to know the exact answer, but it just seemed too complicated. So long story short, 
during the pandemic, I started, you know, getting it. And I'm into like a lot of different, um, you know, sure. uh, so you're general in, you're other conspiracies. I'm interested. I mean, I'm just interested in in learning about what's real and what's not real, especially because I'm an attorney. Yeah. So like from a, you know, the perspective of balancing evidence, because here's the thing about the JFK assess. So long story short, during the pandemic, I dove in, read a bunch of books, decided I wanted to do this, do this um, uh, podcast. And then I actually made like a legal style outline of all the facts, all the, you know, the evidence. Here's the points. Here's the counterpoints. And what's the unique angle of what I'm trying to do in my podcast is go through the whole case. And then instead of trying to pitch you my theory from the beginning, I want to tell you what everybody's saying and then compare what they're saying to see what makes most sense. Cause I'm sure you've heard of Occam's razor, yeah. right? Sort of the, the, you know, the theory that whatever's the most likely thing to have occurred, that's probably what happened. And that's a very useful tool to apply if you're using it right, but you can't apply it at the macro level, what's most likely that the guy, you know, who's uh, worked in the building behind where the president was shot and his fingerprints were on some of the boxes. And there's a, we have a, a, a rifle that's registered in his name and all these incriminating things. Um, you know, of course it looks like Oswald did it right. Of course that's Occam's razor at that level. But when you zoom into the sub issue level and you're, and you're looking at each little thing, that's where it gets a lot more interesting. So in season one, we had 15 disputed issues. So when I say disputed issues, things like how did Oswald get the gun into the building? Was it Oswald's, you know, rifle in the first place? Um, you know, uh, and these are all disputed. Like if you read all the different kind of yeah. literature, these, these are all kind of up in the air. Well, here's the thing. It's easy on Twitter, uh, especially, you know, libertarian twitter uh you know conspiracy twitter whatever you want to call it uh, it's it's easy to just go oh the cia did it duh like obviously but it turns out it, and look there are facts that point that way of course but it turns out there are this dedicated you know group of people thousands who believe strongly that oswald did it they can't all be cia plants <laughs> okay yeah. and they come they come with evidence man they're they're serious with their citations they know the case and are these people uh, who are like they're just similar to you in that they're just enthusiasts of the i, th I think so yeah i think yeah. that's fair to say uh, and these are people that i've met on facebook groups because what happened is i thought i you know after putting my outline together the angle of the podcast was going to be it's a conspiracy you know i mean this is the og conspiracy theory like this oh is... yeah this is the the original one, I think, or close to it. I well, yeah, I mean, there's been there, you know, there have been many. It depends well, the on the original how you one that like really people got into. Yeah, and it just depends on how you define it. the The term is it like a salacious thing that's going against the you know prevailing standard of of what people are saying because that's kind of what conspiracy means now. It means like alternative uh, history or whatever. But but anyway. Um, I expected to go to Facebook and try to find people. Hey, let's let's get you know new hearings and let's really let's unearth who actually pulled the trigger on the grassy knoll. Like let you know I was just super like naive, and every single thing I said, they're like, "Shut up, dummy! Here's 14 documents to prove everything you're saying wrong." I'm like, "Oh, so it turns out there are counterpoints." So I just wanted to you know people that believe in and. If you listen to the podcast, you know I I land on the uh, Warren Report critic side, so. 15 issues. I found the eight of them uh, land uh, on the conspiracy side against the Warren report. 
And the other seven I found were inconclusive. Like I truly, the evidence yeah, balances right. out. I can't make a call. Um, and that's what. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously. And six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So what you have to do in this case is you have to lean into the the bodies of evidence that are clear to you. And, and so just back to the whole thing of, you know, it's so hotly disputed. There are points in the case where you can make different inferences, okay? And, and there's a lot of that going on. And so people say, oh, you're lying, you're lying. Well, hold on. People aren't lying. They're just making different inferences based on the information in front of them. All right. So the classic right. example, classic example in this case, the first one that pops up that's really big is the the medical evidence regarding the head wound. Right. So one side of the coin is, you know, there's 43 people, according to uh, uh, there's a summary of all of the initial statements that, that uh, doctors and medical professionals made the first time they saw Kennedy's head. Um, and 43 people said it was, you know, right, uh, lower right rear uh, is, is where the wound was. But if you look at the, including you know, many of the doctors and nurses at Parkland and some at Bethesda, but if you look at the autopsy uh, and the x-rays and the uh, photos, it's, you know, there's nothing, there's no damage to that part of the brain at all, or to that part of the, of the head at all. So you yeah. have to choose what is more reasonable. Is it more reasonable that 43 people were wrong, medical professionals, doctors, including the chief of neurosurgery uh, at, at Parkland, or is it more likely that there's a forgery in the autopsy? And you got to pick one or the other. And that's that's a big split point. And there are a lot of people who go, there's no way there will be a forgery. So obviously 43 people are wrong. So th sure. and that's one of many inference split points. And, and so where do you kind of lie on the whole thing and has it changed like a lot since i know you mentioned maybe it has a bit but like has does it change the more you're going through it or are you kind of set on what you think at this point well i mean once i've decided what i think about a specific issue i'm pretty much locked into that unless i come across new information that changes my mind you know i've tried i'm remaining op open-minded to information even after i've covered the episode because what i do is I, I do a you know episode on a topic, uh, and then I'll have a recap and rebuttals episode. But really, the only people whose <laughs> whose uh, rebuttals to me, and that's basically you know if you disagree with something or there's something you think I left out that I need to mention, I, I'll mention it. And but what happens is I only cover the rebuttals of people who end up sending me the stuff in that very brief period between when the episode comes out and when I record the rebuttals episode. You follow right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So so I end up so I end up looking for rebuttals a lot of times and then getting those rebuttals from people, you know, six months after I've I've moved on to something else. But what I do is I when people email me, I, I save them and then I um uh, you know, just uh, for a rainy day, I'll, I'll come back to all these things. Uh, and if I haven't gotten to it yet, I'm integrating it as, as, as I go. But to answer your question, uh, do I, you know, where do I land? I, you know, I concluded that there had to be a second shooter uh, in season one because of primarily the medical evidence regarding the um, the head wound. 
Uh, and you know, we can get into that if you'd like to, at some point, this is a lot of information. Yeah, Cause I, I had never heard of, I'm not like super immersed in the JFK documentary. You know, I've seen the Oliver Stone movie and all that stuff. I didn't know about the forged or, or the theory of like the forged autopsy report though. Well, it's the thing is it, it has to be one or the other, right? Because if 43 people say there's a big hole, yeah. But then the photos show that it's perfectly intact. Then there's the, those two things don't go together. So that's what the, there's a documentary that I hilariously got to be in uh, on Paramount Plus right now called uh, JFK, What the Doctor Saw. And it is basically that they had footage of a reunion of the Parkland doctors. And I'm one of three narrators who kind of frame what they're saying and the significance of it. And the whole thing is comparing Parkland versus Bethesda. And so it's one or the other. You, you can't have both. Either 43 people are wrong, mass hallucination, or there's some sort of forgery with the with the autopsy. And so and then the question is- independently uh, came to the same conclusions, essentially? That park, the Parkland doctors? Well, the 43 doctors, you say, like, were they working independent of one another? So, yeah, so they're not all, the 43 are not all doctors. And here, by the way, just to be clear, what I'm referencing is a uh, an article by uh, Dr. Gary Aguilar, who uh, gathered all of the witness statements. Just Google Gary Aguilar, um, JFK medical evidence. Scroll to the bottom, you'll see the chart. It's 43. It's there's 44 people listed. One of them is marked as as not seeing the wound there. So it's 43. The other 43 are all marked. Many of them are nurses. We're talking about like the people who, you know, a couple secret service agents. It's basically the people that saw his head. The, the people what, who sorry, just to be clear. Head. So what did they say they saw? Specifically? They said they saw a a wound like about the size of a fist or, you know, let's say a, a baseball to softball somewhere in that range an orange okay yeah uh in the lower right of kennedy's head right here so okay the, which would be the exit wound correct but but um if you look at the autopsy photos and the x-rays it's it, what that's the photos and the x-rays show uh the side of his head blown out but actually the x-rays show that the side of his head's blown out like the front side but the photos show that there's no damage in front of his ear so the photos and the x-rays themselves are not consistent in my view. Uh, but here, here's the thing, man. So look, it's a lot to say, uh, oh, forgery. Got him. 43 people said it, so it must be forgery. That doesn't mean it is. It just means it's weird. So what should you do next? Well, let's go look. Is there any, re you know, is there any reason to, and by the way, you shine a light on both of, both of them, right? So one thing that I, you know, as an attorney, I relied heavily on here is what what do the written medical records say? You know, what what do these doctors, what records do they keep on a regular basis? What will they do for everyone else? What do those records say? And the records say there's a, a right rear occipital wound right here. The written yeah. records say the same thing that all these doctors are saying. Um, but so when you look and at so the, the autopsy says something different than that. What does the autopsy report say? Autopsy report says that like the top just right here. It, it kind of says that the bullet came in. Well, actually, there's two different bullet wound entrances. Oh, sorry, it says moved. it came in here and exited. Well, okay. Well, all right, you ready for this? Yeah. The yeah. Warren Warren report. So we're getting deep. You want to go deep? Yeah, let's yeah. Go let's get it. Let's get it. I got, I got receipts. I'm ready. All right. Let's go. <laughs> the Warren Warren report says that uh the head wound basically hit the very base of his head and his neck. Okay. 
like right, you know, right at the very base of your of your skull. OK. And then it was going forward because they said he was leaning forward, which is not true. OK. Mm -hmm. But like if you look at this recruiter film, but they said he was leaning forward and it shot like this came out at the back and then came out the side. That's what right. they said. But then uh, four years later, the attorney general changed the entrance wound and said, actually, it was four inches higher. These guys were all wrong. Okay. <laughs> so, so anyway, it, it's just crazy. So, And what um, did they base that off? What did the attorney general base that off of? The photos, they, they said they saw like a speck of blood. Uh, they said that there was an extra um, 6.5 millimeter uh, piece of lead right at like the base of the head. Like it's like, well, you know, that's the caliber of the bullet, supposedly. So what are the chances that that the doc, the treating doctors would miss a bullet if it was actually like, you know, uh, in his. And this know, is the president of the United States, too. Like we're not talking right, about right. Like some random person off the street. You think this person's receiving the highest level of yeah. care possible. Right. So so. But when we look at the uh, the evidence for the autopsy, it, it is it does get crazy. There's a lot of shenanigans going on there, um, and so and there's there's a guy named Doug Horn, who you know. Let me just zoom out real quick, just real quick, just a little procedural. I heard you speaking background. about him today, actually, when I was listening. Yeah. So just a little procedural background. So all right, we got the Warren report in 1963, and then uh, in. Uh, uh, Warren report says that Oswald did it alone. That's the official story. That's still the official story when it comes to like, you know, the academia and the corporate press, et cetera. Uh, 1968 or 1967, Jim Garrison has his investigation in new Orleans, which is what the movie JFK is based on. Nothing really comes of it, but he stirs up a lot of stuff and, and creates a lot of good evidence for, you know, people like me to study. Um, then early set in you know, mid seventies, we have, uh, so, so Zapruder film is shown on TV, uh, by Dick Gregory and Robert Grodin on the Geraldo show. And then that leads to investigations, Pike committee, uh, church committee, uh, uh we, they find out about the CIA plots against Castro. And then that leads to the house select committee on assassinations being formed to reopen the JFK and the Martin Luther King case. Um, and the HSCA found they basically said, uh, hey, Warren Report was correct. Oswald did it alone. But there was also a guy who fired a shot from the front uh, that missed. So it was a conspiracy, probably the mafia. Who knows? <laughs> and that was it. Go, and they just go, but someone else fired a shot and missed. Because wasn't there like a bullet found? There were. I was listening today. There was like, like a bullet that was like basically untouched or almost untouched that was found. There are. There's a lot of. Th bullets <laughs> going on here yeah. so the official story is three bullets and um you know in terms of where those bullets went the argument would be that one of them hit the curb it hit the bystander james tag one of them uh the fragments were found in the car it was the headshot and one of them was the magic bullet that's what that's what the official story when is. they hit the what the guy in the arm this, like the magic the bullet is is the one that came in uh, the single bullet uh whatever you want to call it it came into kennedy's back um and then supposedly it came in his his back and then out his throat and then into Connolly's back and then broke his ribs and then into Connolly's wrist shattered his wrist bone came out the other side of the wrist and then implanted itself into uh Connolly's thigh enough to embed pieces of lead on his thigh 
That's yeah, how much velocity this thing had. <laughs> and like, were people believing that at the time? Because I imagine you're probably reading like a lot of accounts of stuff like at that time when they were kind of first saying that. Were people actually buying that? People still buy it is, is the point I'm trying to make. People yeah. still buy it completely and they have an argument for it. And their argument is that, um, you know, once something is hit and it's it's it hit Kennedy, then it slowed down and it was soft tissue. So whatever. But the point is, the whole argument falls apart because it hit a rib and wrist game over. It would be mangled. So that's just total nonsense. It's complete yeah. nonsense. Well, you were talking about uh, and but people believe it. Nonetheless, they really do. Um, and they would sit there and argue in good faith. And I really think they really do believe it. There are people who really do. Um, but uh but yeah, uh, sorry. What were we talking about? Uh, I was talking about the bu- the bullet, and then the guy Dick. Oh, or something. the bullets. That, okay, you're so the bullets. All right. So we talked about the three that are the official story. All right. So what 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 have we found? Um, we found uh, the uh, the supposedly another bullet uh, in the whole chain of custody. One that was pointy. Uh, that was the original one that was found, not like the rounded one. Uh, this, uh, according to the to the guy that found it. Uh, and and the and the person he handed it to, um, and is it uh, CIA or uh, that's the guy that worked at the hospital. I believe his oh. name is Daryl Tomlinson and O.P. Wright. I haven't looked at it in a while. There's a lot of names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, all my receipts, by the way, are solvingjfkpodcast.com. Uh, I have cita- every factual proposition. I have a citation for because okay. yeah. everything is disputed. So it, I just think the the thing that you know people who just watch JFK, or if you just watch the men who killed Kennedy, or if you just watch you know whatever conspiracy you know the Eugenio Stone thing, um, uh, JFK revisited. The only problem is there's no mention of hey there are counterpoints, yeah. um, and so you just have to. I, I'm I'm just trying to address the counterpoints in advance because I you know sometimes they're persuasive. There have been times when I've gone, oh, this couldn't with the conspiracy argument doesn't make sense here, so it's not possible. So okay, let's mark that fact as a thing. You know what I mean? So right there you go. Um, yeah, but but a, yeah, there uh, there's a, a supposedly a bullet found in the grass. Uh, we covered that in the Dealey Plaza episodes that was never accounted for. There's a picture of the sheriff Buddy Walters leaning over and picking up what supposedly is a bullet. Um, and, uh, there also, uh, there's Paul Landis. That's the famous story. The secret service agent who just came forward very recently and says that he found the magic bullet on the back of the limo and he put it on Kennedy stretcher. How so could it be that, on the back of like a moving car? Like, like on the trunk? Well, <clears throat> yeah. Basically where the, where the upholstery and the trunk meet. Gotcha. There's like a little, the trunk is a little bit higher than the upholstery and there's like a little nook. Like a little ridge kind of. So it did Actually, all that damage and then it just kind of. Not that I have a model of oh. it, but if I did, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. would be just, it's like right here. Okay. I mean, that's kind of convenient that this bullet did all that shit and then just landed there. Well, it, the, the problem is I don't think Landis is telling the truth. Uh, and I have a whole episode on it. And it's a bummer because he's from the city where I live. <laughs> oh, really? Like, it's he's like a hometown guy. And he's a super nice person. I met him in person. I got to ask him a very brief question. Um, but basically, he, he had a chance when, um, over the years, 
to to say what happened. All right. So here here's the here's the story with him. And this is kind of interesting, actually, the Paul Landis. Here, here's Paul Landis in a in a nutshell. This is big. This is in the New York Times this year. You know, it's a, a big story covered on NBC, all the all the big networks. Um initially in his uh first written statement that was you know about a week after the assassination, he says that he found uh, the, on the back seat, it was bloody. He, he gives a six-page written statement, and he gives all these details about what happens at the time they get to Parkland Hospital. Because now his story is that he got to Parkland, and his story now is he got to Parkland, he got Mrs. Kennedy's cigarettes, her lighter, and her uh, you know her purse or, or some some other thing. I forget what it is, but he got these three items, and then and then you know they got out of the car. Well, now he's added these three items and a bullet and a fragment that he saw, but he left a fragment there. So he's added a thing and he, and he went, if you see the level of detail that he went into to describe what he was doing one week later, it's crazy that he wouldn't bring the bullet up. And then he's yeah. interviewed over and over again over the years and he still doesn't bring it up, but here's what's, so here's the twist though. And where was this bullet? Like where was it in evidence? The, the, uh, oh, no, no, where no, was not it? where he's, it was found. Like where was it the whole time? Like the action. He says that, well, he says that he picked it up, like it, that it fell out of Kennedy's back um, or out of his head or ricocheted off of Connolly or something. somehow it got there. I don't know. But he says he picked it up and he put it on Kennedy's stretcher, which if that's true, that destroys a single bullet theory. Yeah. Uh, um, so but the, but the point is, so here's where it gets interesting. He said in Pittsburgh, he goes, no, I didn't forget it. I knew the whole time. But I realized that I was going to be in trouble for not having uh, having, you know, included it in my initial statement. So I just didn't say anything to anybody because I didn't think it was a big deal. So if you change the story to wait a minute, he covered it up. Yeah, he like he, just to he, cover his own he made ass. a mistake and then he wanted to cover his own ass. Then it, it in theory, it could make sense. But. My whole thing is, that, you know, there's some there's a, a guy named Ed Hoffman who's like the smoking gun witness in in the case. He's the deaf mute guy. Yeah, if you've ever heard of him, but he's the uh, guy. I heard that, of, I have heard of him briefly, but tell people yeah. who who might not know who he is. He, he's he's this guy who uh, sees the grassy knoll shooter, and he sees the guy, the shooter. You know, he, anyway, I don't want to get off track here, but he he can describe exactly what happened, and you know, it's over if you're if you believe him. But I, to me, he's like a cherry on top because there's some parts of his story that are kind of like, uh, I don't know if this is credible or not, which is tough for him because he's a deaf mute and a lot of people just people just weren't able to understand what he was saying. I think sometimes, yeah. um, but in the same way with Paul Landis, I think you got to have that as a cherry on top. If you're if you believe that it's a conspiracy because of Paul Landis, that should not be what sets you over the top. That is not. I do not think that's credible enough to rely on. Yeah. And so just to be clear, so wh where are you at with this? Where, Like if you had to, is, is it just like okay, the, yeah. the government? So, okay. So where we landed, so we're, so I'm, I'm trying to be systematic and show my receipts. Right. Sure, so that's my sure. whole, so. Yeah. So, I mean, this and, is, and, this is a tough one too. Like this yeah. is weird. Cause it, even right now, RFK Jr. is coming out and he's just like, yeah, the CIA did it. Like, yeah. And I think, that, I think that may be true. Like that, you know, look, like if we're, if I'm betting in my head on the front runner, CIA has got to be right up there. And I'll also I'll tell you that at the, I went to the JFK 60th anniversary conference in Pittsburgh and kind of sort of the, the, the all-stars of, of the JFK research world, not me. 
I went there to see them. Yeah. Um, but uh, in doing that, uh, I kind of got, you know, the summary of, kind of what everybody thought the bottom line was. And the prevailing wisdom there is that it was the quarterback of the whole thing was uh, uh, the military. So just a couple of specific generals. Now, I haven't dug into that enough to know who is. I don't want to say. And then the CIA was used as an instrumentality to sort of get that done. Um, and then specifically, the CIA was working with uh, the mafia and Cuban exiles uh, to uh, assassinate Castro in a project called ZR Rifle that was quarterbacked by a guy named Bill Harvey. And so the theory is after the Bay of Pigs, the Cuban exiles hated Kennedy for basically, you know, it seemed like they, he didn't have their back and he let their friends get slaughtered. Um, but he was never going to call for for uh, aerial support. The Cuban exiles were from CIA were lied to by Dulles, uh, who, you know, knew that Kennedy would not call for aerial support. That was part of his approving the, the mission. But anyway, the Cuban exiles hated him. Mafia hated uh, mafia. uh uh, also hated Kennedy because uh, Robert was going after them. In particular, Carlos Marcelo uh, hated uh, Robert Kennedy. So, um, so, so anyway, uh, yeah. But he had, so he essentially had a bunch of enemies. It's hard to a bunch of enemies pinpoint. But yes. it seems like the government would would be best equipped to cover something like that. Yeah. Up. But to an to answer your question, where I land is, I believe there was a shooter from the front, probably the grassy knoll, where everybody, you know says it, it was yeah i believe that oswald was not likely in place on the sixth floor at 12 30 when the shots were fired for a number of reasons the evidence is very weak putting oswald in place on the sixth floor um where, I, where do you I, think I, he was i think he was probably in the lunchroom on the uh second floor first floor uh well he was found on the second floor in the break room uh drinking a coke when uh the cop came running up the stairs with the building manager um so and he says he was in on the first floor uh so i tend to believe he was on the first floor and you know had gone up to the second floor now the thing on oswald though is that you know <laughs> i try not to be dogmatic dogmatic about it and be like oh well he's oswald's innocent it's like we got to see what's up with oswald we don't know what's going on with oswald you know just just from looking at at that you know the the basic story you have to dig a level deeper so that's what season two is about is trying to figure out like who was oswald really right because okay this guy okay he, he's he's a socialist right that's his whole thing you know or a communist he loves russia he tried to, yeah he but, like tried to... but yeah well he, he eventually he tries to defect but he joins the marines he enlists for three years in the marines you enlist in the uh, the oppressive American uh, Empire defending Marines. If you're a communist, really? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, his brothers were in the military. So that's, you know, part of the argument for why. Um, but, you know, even after the assassination, what does Oswald do? He he doesn't stay and, and you know, and or walk outside and say, oh my gosh, can you believe the president was killed? This is crazy. He immediately leaves. He gets on a bus, goes to his rooming house, uh, he gets on a bus, gets out of that bus because it stopped in traffic for too long. Like, yeah. pretty paranoid. Yeah. Then goes and gets a cab to take him to his rooming house, like his apartment. And oh, by the way, he lived separate from his wife and uh, two-year-old daughter. Uh, and his wife had had a you know six-week-old, I think, 
at the time, uh, but he lived in a different house. That's a whole other story with the pains, which we're going to cover this season. I haven't gotten to yet. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, of yeah. And so, cause that's the thing, I guess when people say he was the Patsy, I guess you're like, well, oh. Patsies aren't supposed to get caught. Normally yes. they're oh. set up so that they're not going to get caught, I guess. Right, right. What well, and then just just to finish my thought, sorry. So he's home, or he, he's at his rooming house. What's he do? He goes in. He he goes in. He <laughs> hit the microphone. Goes in, gets a revolver, uh, and then and while he's there, a police car drives by and honks. According to his uh, landlady, it's a rooming house. Okay, so the lady that kind of like was the ma- property manager or whatever. Yeah. Um, she she told the police that. So then then he goes to then allegedly he you know kills a police officer on the way to the texas theater all right and it's that's weird behavior let's putting aside whether or not he killed officer jd tippett which is a whole like i think three or four episodes just that yeah um putting that aside why is he going to a movie theater right pretty weird but when you zoom in on what was he doing according to the witnesses inside he was go he was moving and sitting right next to each person in the uh, theater as if he was trying to meet somebody. Yeah. So that's why the whole question is like, was Oswald intelligence? And then the question becomes, was he, because there's a few flavors of this and even NBC, Michael Beschloss, the NBC historian was talking about this uh, in 2022, end of 2022, there was a lot of JFK documents coming out. Uh, and and he spoke as if it was new. He said, well, Oswald had, had all these CIA ties uh, and that's pretty weird. And so the question is, was Oswald a CIA asset in New Orleans when he was, you know, ha- you know, doing his fair play for Cuba stuff, handing that out? You know, we'll look at that this year. Uh, and and if he, you know, if he was an asset, then did he just go rogue and maybe Oswald killed him alone and he was CIA and they're embarrassed because their former agent killed the president and it was Oswald alone. Now, I know from having gone through the body of evidence I have in season one that it can't be Oswald alone because there's a shooter from the front because there's a big hole in the back right of Kennedy's head. Yeah. Um, so, Which is so weird that's, that that's like even disputed by any highly disputed. That like... Um, uh... I, and I guess they'll, they'll they'll never like exhume the body because they're just what, like why would they do that? I encourage you to check out uh, JFK: What the Doctor Saw on Paramount Plus. It covers just that topic of of uh, of Bethesda versus Parkland headshot and the neck wound. That's that's really what it's about. And so, but, but you, the, oh sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say the point on Oswald is. He's not just nobody. He's somebody. So we, we got to zoom in to see what is his angle, because either he's, you know, he's a rogue former CIA. He's active CIA and he is involved somehow. You know, maybe he fired a shot for the back, although I, for all the reasons covered in season one, I do not believe Oswald fired any shots. Um, but but whatever. The, the point is, he's I, th- I think he's involved somehow. And the third way is, you know, as a patsy. Because if you're accused of murdering someone, the president, what would you say? If someone said, hey, you killed the president, what would you say? Of course I didn't do it. Or, or you'd be like, I'm innocent. Yeah, I didn't, I'm innocent. I didn't, I didn't kill him. Yeah. I didn't do it. Well, what does he say? I'm a patsy. Huh? <laughs> oh, that's what he said? Yeah. I'm yeah. just a patsy. Well, wait a minute. That's that's like very specific. So that shows knowledge of even you know what the thing was. Okay, sure. 
That doesn't mean that he was, in fact, that. But that's what I'm trying to find out this season. I'm diving deep into into Oswald's time in New Orleans, and allegedly there's some a lot of CIA contacts going on there. Uh, How long do you think Oswald. they maybe like before from when you know someone had the idea that we have to get rid of Kennedy to when it kind of went down? Like, do, do mm-hmm. you think that was kind of uh, like a prolonged thing, or was that kind of like a quicker decision? Um, because there just seems like a, so many moving parts here. It doesn't yeah. seem like something that can be done that quickly. But sure, that's really the question, and that's I don't have the answer right now for who did it. You know, because when I uh, when I pursue that, which will be season three next year, uh, when I this this time next year, I'll be into that, right? Um, and we'll go we'll go through each of the culprits one at a time. Okay, I don't think it's Cuba. I don't think it's Russia Um, for for reasons that will become apparent. uh, And and this is what I already know. The idea is, is kind of like an onion peel theory. Okay, meaning you have the outer story for the general public, which is Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. Okay, but then you have people who are in the know who are like, is that really what's going on? Tell me, tell me what really happened. And the story for them is. Let me tell you about a thing that happened in Mexico City, okay? And that's when Oswald supposedly went down to Mexico City and he visited the Cuban and the Russian embassy. Uh, This would have been in late September of 1963. So the idea is he's, you know, trying to defect to Cuba or Russia, but maybe he's working. He met with, you know, uh, this high up guy at the KGB, uh, at the, the Russian KGB station in Mexico City. And so the argument is it looks like Oswald may be working with the Russians and if we uh, or the Cubans and if we pursue this you know to to its you know to the truth we might find that that the Russians helped do it and then we're going to be forced to respond with with nuclear power Right. So that's actually the argument that LB. So and then and then the next layer is what did what really really happened, right? And yeah. so you know, look, who knows? But but I know that uh, that's how LBJ twisted everybody's arm on the Warren Commission into serving. It was basically like, uh, hey, you're gonna find some scary stuff that kind of points to an international conspiracy, and we gotta we gotta nix the international conspiracy so we don't have World War Three. So do you think, and we're going to open the phone lines very shortly for uh, people watching, do you think um, there's people who are uh, currently still alive who are involved in this? And I only ask this because there was, in 1992, there was the uh, JFK Records, uh, what is it, JFK Assassination Records Collection Act, and they said that they were going to yes. release it in 25 years, right? And then, and I, I was just looking into it before this, and the only reason I asked this is because Trump was supposed to basically sign off and having them all released. I looked at Wikipedia. Wikipedia said as of now, ninety nine percent of them have been released, but I think they might be like heavily redacted. But I spoke with somebody who I cannot divulge any information other than I spoke with someone who has a, like a government source who essentially right before they were gonna go release these. Like in 2017, this guy who was like a high up in the United States government was called into some like uh, meeting facility in D.C. at like the Pentagon, which is basically like a bunker that like, you know, one of those like tap proof, like literal bunkers. And he went in there for two hours and he came out and he's like, they're never releasing those documents or at least certain documents. The indication being that the people involved are still alive. 
Um, so I don't want to, uh, I mean, so think about this. If they are still alive and I say their names, I better have very, very strong citations and footnotes because uh, I don't want to be sued for defamation. Right. So, sure. um, I do, I do think that there are, that there's one person in particular who's still alive, uh, who was involved. Yeah. Um, but not involved in the assassination involved in the setup of Oswald. Yeah. Um, but they so, know, they know about it. They, they probably, yes, I do. I do. Yeah. That's what I believe. But, uh, we'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> right. Cause that's probably a pretty serious burden to prove. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, and, and, and it's, it's also, I mean, look, it's not a big secret here. Uh, uh let me just say this. Um, I'll, I'll say what I know to be true. Okay. Uh, because this is really, I mean, this is really, uh, spicy i guess you know some people get real mad about this um there are there are interesting things when it comes to ruth Payne. this is the the woman that that lives with uh with marina oswald okay so uh she asked marina to live with her because she wanted to learn russian okay um she uh uh she followed the Oswalds to, she, she went with them to New Orleans. Uh, it, 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 there's a whole long story, but basically Ruth Payne was continually pursuing Marina. Okay. That, and that's, that doesn't mean anything. Um, Ruth Payne's the one who got Oswald the job at the Texas school book depository building. Okay. Um, now, actually it was the neighbor, Lenny Mae Randall, whose brother Buell Wesley Frazier had just gotten a job there. And she then told Ruth Payne, uh, and then Ruth called the school book depository, got him the job. But then later there was a, another, uh, offer for a higher paying job and she didn't tell him about the higher paying job. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's allegedly a call that was intercepted after the. So how, a lot of these things. Oswald, are, how long did Oswald work at the? the six weeks. Book, six weeks at the book depository. Yeah. And not when long. Did, did they say when the it was planned for the motorcade to be going down that route? Uh, like when it was so planned, many moving it, parts here, it's insane. It was pl it was finalized. Maybe I want to say like three or four days before. I. I I think I, eventually I'm going to get to the Secret Service. But look, on Ruth Payne, she also has. Her sister was an active CIA agent. Her father was uh, in uh, USAID, which was CIA affiliated. Um, somebody in her family was Alan Dulles's mistress. There's like all these crazy. Her husband's father or stepdad invented Bell helicopter, which went on to get like be like the main helicopter that was used in the Vietnam War. Yeah. Um, so, but but look, you know. Uh, what I'll do is I'll have an episode and I'll have a script and I'll have citations for every proposition of fact. And uh, until then, you know, and, and, and let me just say this too. There's not a smoking gun either. Yeah. I there's not like, knows. there's not one thing where you're like, aha, she did it. But it's just like, once you have some of the puzzle pieces in place, um, it doesn't, there's only so many possible ways things can shake out. You know what I mean? So, so that's it. I, I don't want to say, so I will say, uh, so let, let's just put the caveat, everything that I said, uh, let's assume, you know, let's don't rely on that until you see me covered in an episode and I have footnotes. How about that? Uh, okay. We got, we got a call here. Um, I'm going to pick it up one moment, please. 
while I do so. Hold on. Hello. Thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Who am I speaking with? Speaking with uh, Kyle. Kyle, one moment, please. Kyle. And all right, Kyle, you're on with Matt. Go ahead. How are you, brother? Uh, Carl. Sorry, not Kyle. Oh, Carl. 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 Sorry, Carl. You, you're a little muffled. If you could, I don't know if you're on a headset or something, but. Can you hear me now? Yeah, that's a little better. Yes. What's up, Carl? Yeah, can you just turn down, Carl? Can you turn down your speaker in the background? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Um, this is the best I can do. Um, all right, that's fine. We can hear you. Sorry, I'm... Okay. Cool. Um, all right. So JFK. Um, I live in Massachusetts. Um, JFK is a big deal over here. Obviously. <laughs> Uh, it's, um, I'm, I'm, I want to vote for RFK. I don't want anything to happen to him. If you were to, I don't think he will get the vote, but also, um, like with JFK, um, do you think that, cause I'm, I'm 27. Do you think that Gen Zers are, uh, silly to think that, uh, like this idea that JFK was like the head of getting rid of the uh, the Federal Reserve, and that's why he was assassinated? Do you think that's just a conspiracy theory? Do you think that there is some kind of truth behind it? Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good point. I, I haven't really looked into JFK and the Federal Reserve uh, a ton. I, I've heard that as well uh, in terms of, uh, you know, is, is that why uh, they killed him? I would just say that the interest of of the CIA and the interest of the Federal Reserve are somewhat overlapping. Um, <laughs> you know, right. it, one of one of the critiques of the CIA is that they're really just sort of the mercenary army for for defending you know American you know multinational corporations. I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying that's one of their critiques. So the point is, it, you know, there, there's right. some overlap there. <laughs> I'm not saying that's true. No, of course. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't think. And the I, other thing is, there would have, the autopsy would have had to be covered up. So, so it, the the military doctors have to be involved if there's a conspiracy, right? So, if that's too far right. for you, then there can't be a conspiracy. There, there are clear outlines to to what's you know can can be possible given the body of evidence. Yeah. Um. All right. So what I was going to say was, um, so there. So like there's like the famous like JFK uh, speech. Um, there's like the famous like JFK speech where he speaks. He kind of like cryptically talks about the new world order. Where it's um I I don't have quotes. I didn't come prepared in that way. But there there is like uh JFK's famous famous speech kind of like uh, cryptically talks about the new world order, and I. And that's what like people say he got like assassinated before. I don't know if that really like is tied together, but have you ever heard of anything like that? Um, the new world. So, you know, I feel like I've seen that on a meme or something, but I've never dove into that aspect of it. And, I, and I'll admit this. I, I'm not a JFK uh, presidency historian by by any means 
Um, all of my focus has been on the assassination specifically, and I haven't yet, and I know this is a cop out, but I haven't yet gotten to no, no. deep diving on, on, on the federal reserve, but I certainly will. Um, and I, and like I said, I, you, I, I think you, you never heard that though. You never heard the, that. The new world. Well, the oh, New World Reserve. Order. Quote? I think he's saying the Federal Reserve like related. It seems like he had so many different enemies that it's yeah. That's like part of the whole conspiracy thing. Right, it's so right. hard to pinpoint well, who well, had it well, out for well, him. Well, maybe cause... because I well maybe because I'm younger, like our generation, like that was kind of like the thing is that JFK got killed just like Gaddafi for like he was trying to expose. He's basically just trying to oppose the deep state. Essentially, I guess would be well. Ma- well, no, I, it was it was distinctly the Federal Reserve was like the thing. It was like JFK was trying to expose the Federal Reserve, and that's why he was killed. Like that, that was like a thing for like a decade. For my least, no, it it, 20, it is a theory. It, it is definitely it's it, no, that's it is, and uh, you know I'd have to look at his policy more. Um, but but uh, that that is a theory, and I I think they could potentially be in. The, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule them out yet. Yeah. Um right. all right, caller. Yeah. You got anything else? All right, let's um, right, take... no, no, I'll leave it there. All right. Later, Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, that that uh seems like that's part of the whole conspiracy is you're like there's just twenty aggrieved uh parties essentially, like just everybody didn't like him. Did they with his brother, how because I know RFK Jr. says that um it was also the CIA, but didn't they find the guy who killed him? Who killed uh, RFK? Was who killed that? RFK? Um, like Sirhan or well, it's Sirhan Sirhan. Yeah. Same. So so good they had to say it twice. Yeah. Uh, he he. So um, yeah. So his whole story is the uh, so either he did it and it's that simple and they got the right guy. Case closed. Or. The argument is CIA got him too, and the shots are from. Uh, if you look at the, I believe the autopsy, the shots are from the back, um, and it was like point blank range from the back. And uh, but I haven't studied that. There's a woman named uh, Lisa Pease who is the authority on the RFK assassination. Uh, I believe her book is called "A Lie Too Big to Fail," maybe. Uh, but it, it's the Lisa P is RFK book. That's the one she's, she's uh, the most, she's, she studied this the most. She's done it the most. Um, okay. One, one second. She thinks got, the CIA did it. Yeah. She thinks it. Okay. Uh, and that, and that Sirhan Sirhan was MK ultra. Uh, and basically he, he, either he fired a blank or he, he didn't fire a shot at all. He kind oh. of went into a trance. Okay. One moment, please. Hello. Thanks for calling low value mail. Who am I speaking with? Uh, this is Chris. Hey, Chris, one moment, please. While we patch you through. And all right, you're on with Matt. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, I just listened to this book called uh, Poisoner in Chief about the guy that was uh, in charge of making all the poisons when the CIA was forming under Alan Dulles and stuff. Are you familiar with that? No, Poisoner in Chief. That sounds that sounds great. <laughs> under Alan Dulles. Uh, yeah, tell well, me about. Well, I mean, they just they just go into uh, kind of all the mechanisms they use to assassinate people around the world and how much of a scumbag mm-hmm. Alan Dulles and his brother was, because his brother was what, like Secretary of State? 
and and they had a right. huge vendetta against the Kennedys. So, I mean, and what what Carl was talking about earlier about the Kennedy talking about the uh, what MK Ultra or not MK Ultra, but the Illuminati. He gave a speech where he was talking about <clears throat> how Americans should be uh, against secret societies and stuff like that. It's a pretty famous secret society. You know, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't New World Order, it was secret societies. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, exactly. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm interested in listening to your podcast, but yeah, our, our government was definitely involved. And then uh, if you believe that uh, that book, uh, So I Heard You Paint Houses, about the, uh, the gangster, he mm-hmm. says he was involved, but, you know, and, and he was working with the CIA. So whatever, that's all I want to say. Uh, love your guys' show and uh, Danny, your funny show. Good night, y'all. Thank you. Well, he was uh, he was he was Hoffa's yeah, bodyguard. Cheers. Oh, he's Hoffa's bodyguard. What the the guy? The, yeah, the guy from the movie. I forget his name. Uh, yeah, the Irishman. Yes, I think oh, he probably God. knew. Yeah, I think he probably knew what was going on, but I I don't he the the main guys were would have been uh, Carlos Marcello, Santos Traficante, Sam Giancana. Meyer Lansky and Johnny Rosselli. Those are the main. Yeah, and, and th- those guys they had worked with the uh, with the CIA before, so it wouldn't have been yes. no thing for them to work together to put a hit out, you know, on Kennedy. And you know, remember Kennedy also said that he was going to break the CIA up into a thousand pieces and spread it into the wind. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, and, right, and the. Sorry, go ahead. I just gonna say. I just want to say I'm, on I'm the out. mafia angle. Right on. Cheers. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. Go, Matt. Go ahead. On on the uh, the the mafia angle, uh, the I asked a lot of people their their thought on that at at this JFK 60th anniversary conference, and I think the the paradigm amongst you know the Warner Park critics is that the mafia. A lot of people think that maybe they weren't as involved as as people thought they were before, except for to call in the Jack Ruby favor. That was yeah, I was gonna say like things. the mafia. That one to me just—they're trying to stay out of jail, you know. Like that seems like you're asking for the most amount of trouble possible to go kill the president. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, um, but yeah, it's uh, there's there's a lot of things going on there for sure. <laughs> yeah, like the Jack Ruby thing, I could see that. So, and and the Jack Ruby's, uh, do you, have you investigated that much? Like the that angle to yeah him. uh well yeah and i there's there are some things about jack ruby that i didn't cover in the first season i have a, a 45 minute episode on him um but you know there, there's really there's the the jack ruby stuff surrounding the you know him going to to kill oswald that weekend there's a lot of details there uh there's you know him popping up in in weird places there's all these jack ruby sightings He's seen uh, on he's seen in Dealey Plaza that morning. He's seen at the police station that morning. He's seen at the Parkland Hospital. He's seen at the Texas Theater. He's seen at the police department three he's, times. And what, what, sorry, sorry uh, to, on the day what that, was the um the chronology of when Oswald was arrested? Was he arrested like how soon after the? Uh... He was arrested at about one forty five, two something like that. Okay, so it was just um, later that day. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the assassination assassinations at twelve thirty. 
Officer Tippett is killed around, they say 115 in the Warren report, but really it's more like 106. Um, and then, yeah, they, they get Oswald around 130, 140 at, okay. at the Texas theater. But hey, one one thing, yeah, go ahead. I kind of just pointed it out. Yes. Um, this is what's great about, about this, the JFK case, when it comes to, you know, conspiracy theory and whatever, um, you know, if anyone wants to talk trash about, about looking into this case, we have the Warren report itself, which is 888 pages. It's, it's the summary. It's like the bottom line. It's the thing that people know is the Warren report. But then we have 26 other volumes that are approximately a thousand pages each that have deposition transcripts, FBI reports, you know, pictures of all the evidence, all the exhibits. And when you zoom in to what the witnesses are saying, it doesn't match what they put in the conclusion. For example, the witness testimony regarding Tippett's the time Tippett was killed uh, is one of there's three people who say 106. One guy says, I found him on the ground in a pool of blood already dead at 110. Uh, and then, you know, the. There's another guy uh, who says that, you know, it was it was around, you know, he, he's kind of very vague on his timing and, and he doesn't have any. So the only guy who has no like time to tether anything to uh, they go, well, let's we're going to go with what he said. And we're going to say it's about 1215 or about 115, even though that's not even what that guy said. So they the point is the conclusion of the Warren report goes against the evidence that is in all of the other volumes that are in the Warren report. Right. So that, that, that says a lot. Uh, okay. We got another call. One moment, please. Hello. Thanks for calling low value mail. Who am I speaking with? Hey, what's up? Conspiracy extremist here. Conspiracy extremist. One moment, please. And all right. You're on with Matt. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, Matt? How's it going, man? Um, Hey, how's it going? So this, uh, I think the uh, the the JFK thing's been like the uh, the old school, you know, like original uh, conspiracy thing that gets us leading down, you know, these, these trails and stuff. And um, you know, when we're, it seems to me with a lot of these conspiracies and the, these strange things that happen, it all seems to lead down to like the or come down to like the same small group of people that's always behind it. And I think you know, Danny knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, so I don't know if you agree, but I think if we were honest with ourselves we'd all be able to admit that it was probably Hamas who killed JFK. I mean, do you agree? So the, that pesky Hamas. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I'm going to pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I thought that was bad. I, you know, I think it's, I think we shouldn't kill them. No one should kill anyone. We should just move on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, have you heard that? Peace in the Middle like, East. Yeah. <laughs> I have heard that like there was some like uh, massage. I, I guess uh, you said it earlier. Like there's a bunch of people that are probably involved in it, right? Yeah, I'm curious if like people took there, credit for it that like didn't even do it. Like to, yeah, if you were gonna say Mossad, is that what you're gonna say? Yeah, yeah, Mossad. Yeah. Yep. So um, th- there, is, there certainly is a an Israel uh, did it theory. Um, there's a, you know, a guy who comes to the JFK conferences. I've only been to three of them. Are they every annual? year? Are they every year? Yeah. Yes. Annual. They, they, I always they like wonder what, what happens to that pandemic, stuff. But... If like they just, they do release something and you go, ah, this is what happened. And everybody goes, all right, well, that because was fun. there's like 40 or 50 people that'll come every year, no matter what 60th yeah. anniversary was a big one, you know, but, 
but uh but anyway yeah i haven't done a deep dive on that but i will say that uh you know i think the theory is that that kennedy was trying to stop israel from getting a nuclear bomb perhaps um but right. i i don't want to speak out of turn I'm not just going to dismiss that and and say that it didn't happen because I haven't looked at it yet. So I, I I'll keep an open mind when I do that deep dive next season. On but there that. is someone who um, comes. You were saying there's someone who comes every year who that's an angle that they kind of yes. believe. Israel, like, are, are, and they uh, believe that it is Israel. Right or they're like they just kind of think they might have been involved. Um, they they think that that Israel quarterbacked it. And that, and so the reason that to be skeptical about that is that again, so looking at the the you know the pieces on on, on the on the playing board that we know exist, one of the things that that happened is uh, the um, you know covering up the evidence uh, with with the autopsy. That's whoever did this has to control those doctors. Okay. Yeah. If, so that's it's central to the whole thing, and that's that's why. And I cover in in my conclusions episode for season one, episode twenty seven, is probably my favorite part of anything I've done in the podcast so far. I can do like four minutes each um, for each side. Here's a list of all the ridiculous things you have to believe to think that Oswald didn't do it alone. Now here's a list of all the ridiculous things you have to believe to think that Oswald did it alone. The point is. You got to pick your own Rorschach test, right? And and I think there are some things that are like more that aren't inconclusive. Some things you can go, oh no, this is pretty clear to me, uh, and and that's kind of what you have to fill it in with. So again, the Israel did it theory is just they would have to do it in conjunction with the CIA sheep dipping Oswald and making him look like a communist, <laughs> and all the people that you know he interacted with in that regard. Um, and also, again, the, the military doctors uh, working on on cleaning up the autopsy. So, you know, I, I don't know for sure, um, but uh, but that's that would be the the approach I would take when I get to that. Yeah. All right. Any, anything else? Nope, uh, Danny. I got about I think eight people so far for August next year or this year. Okay, let's go, dude. Looking forward to it. Build it. Thanks, man. Hell yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, it's this is the the biggest. And so that guy, like the Israel guy, he has like, is he an author? Like, is everybody who goes there? Because I feel like this um, is like the kind of cottage industry of of people who kind of like write their own books <laughs> with their own. Because this is this thing is well, huge. I mean, this is the top. This is not yeah. I don't say the top one, but Big. it's up there. Like in terms of, in terms of yeah, there are a lot of of, of authors. Sure. Um, there's there are are many uh, authors and there are also a lot of far out theories and what what's the most you know, far just, out theory that you give I, some I'm, I'm all, to that you're like maybe there's a one mm, percent chance of that <laughs> that's 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 fun uh well it's not so mine would be that there was a second shot from the behind that did hit Kennedy in the head so my conspiracy is actually like appears to be consistent with the official story at first <laughs> glance. But but the what, what I'm saying is um, there's a shot from the back that hits Kennedy in the back. Okay, sure. And then there's a shot from the front that hits him in the front, blows the back of his head out. But then there's also another shot right in that spot about half a second later. And he, and he goes lunging forward again. 
this is the sort of how the new, good were these marksmen uh, like everybody i know who shoots they're like <laughs> yeah, you don't aim for the head because it's just like it's a low probability shot you know and we're probably about, like outdoors pretty good um outdoor i mean they must have been obviously very good but like outdoors i'm sure it's windy is the car's moving like that's a pretty tough shot for three different yeah. shots to basically hit him in the head yeah, well, right, and, and that's why that's why I say like that one's you know you're saying a one percent chance that that's yeah. one that I would put on the board only because uh, it, it gets it, this is Josiah Thompson's most recent theory. He has a book called Last Second in Dallas, and he's one of the original guys. He's, he's kind of the man. He's in his late eighties now, uh, but I got to meet him, and um, he was hired by Life Magazine to be sort of the official establishment mainstream reporter on the JFK assassination because he was there, young guy. And in in covering the case, he came across this Zapruder film before it had been released. And he's like, oh my gosh, there's a guy shooting from the front. He went going back into the left. So then he wanted to report this and Life Magazine, uh, who actually owned the Zapruder film at the time, they owned the rights to it. They wouldn't let him report it. So he wrote a book and included the whole Zapruder film in it. And then they sued him and he won against them for fair use. Wow. But anyway, um, uh, he's the man and this is his theory. <laughs> so there you okay. go. Okay. All right. We got another call. One moment, please. Hello. Thanks for calling use. Low Value Mail. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Denny. It's Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy. Uh, one second, please, while we patch you through. Uh, all right, Jeremy, you're on with Matt. Go ahead. Hey, Danny. Hey, Matt. How's it going, guys? Really enjoy hey, hearing you today. Um, yeah, I've been interested in the Kennedy stuff for years now, and I read a really great book earlier this year that I think a lot of people know called The Devil's Chessboard by David Talbot, which is about the yeah. nefarious uh, Dulles brothers and whatnot. And I, I won't go into those um, the details. I'm sure Matt is more than familiar with that. But I thought there was, very, was one really fascinating passage that I don't, I don't think many, many people know at all. And maybe I'm sure Matt does. He's, he's holding it up right now. In, it's in his hand. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, it's, it's, it's a, Danny, it's a great book all about Cold War, the early 60s, that period. I mean, it's a fantastic book, you know. So nice. I'll, I'll, I'll I recommend it for it everyone to read. But, okay, j- j- check yeah, out. So I've, I've, got yeah. my, I've got my own copy here. I'm, I'm going to read out this one paragraph because I think it's an amazing paragraph that I never even read, knew about until I read this book. So two weeks before Kennedy was in in Dallas, November. So Kennedy was assassinated, of course, like, you know, mid to late November. Early November, he goes to Chicago. And it says here in the book that um, after Kennedy landed at Chicago's O'Hare Airport, Kennedy was scheduled to ride in a motorcade to Soldier Field for the annual Army-Navy football game. But the motorcade was cancelled after the Secret Service exposed a plot to ambush the president from a tall warehouse building as his limousine slowed for a hairpin turn. The plot, which involved a sniper team composed of a disgruntled ex-Marine who worked in the building and at least two Cuban marksmen, bore a disturbing resemblance to the series of events that would claim Kennedy's life 20 days later in Dallas. Isn't that wow. amazing? So they actually found, they found a prior plot from another, from, that is exactly like a copy of what, the, what, the, what happened in Dallas. Like and did they find the people? Later. Like, did they, did they yes, actually yes, so that kind of guy, people? The, the, yeah, that's it. The, the, the guy's name was um, Sierra, was, was the, the guy um, who they found there. And so it goes into the details. It is all in this book. And I'm just wondering what, how, how Matt feels. Does Matt, does that, does that, does that figure into the conspiracy? Or what, what do you think about this part of it? 
Uh, yes, I do. I do. That's you're uh, you're advanced. So good job. <laughs> you're, um, we uh, I am going to cover this uh, this season. I'm going to cover the prior plots. There are mul there's there's another one in Tampa with a guy named Cal uh, Polycarpo Lopez. And then you got Thomas Valley is the ex Marine that you're referring to in Chicago. And yeah, there there was a, a whole a separate plot that with with these Cubans, all these Cubans had all these rifles, and they were found at this apartment. And this lady like told the police, uh, this this cop uh, Abraham Bolden was involved somehow. I, I forget. Uh, it's been a while since I've looked at that, but I'm going to get to that. Like I said later this season, um, and uh, but yeah, they they foiled the plot, and they they had another Patsy ready to go. It was, it was wild. And whatever um, happened so. to that guy in Chicago? The uh, he the well the the actual shooters that they found got away. The Cuban guys got away. Yeah. Um, what about the, the American uh, guy, though? The yeah, nothing, nothing yeah, happened. Danny, in, in, in the book, in, in the book, Tal Talbot talks about how basically the FBI screwed up, the Secret Service screwed up, and they just basically escaped into the ether, and they, and they never never heard of again. Right. You know? Like it was very very mysterious. You know. Yeah, so because like I don't, you oh. know, I don't, I don't know about if it was way different back then, but the you know the FBI and the Secret Service that you think of now is probably like unlikely to just be like, whoops, we don't know what happened to him. I'm like, obviously that stuff does yeah. happen, but th they knew that he you, was trying you, to assassinate the president. Hmm. They they actually were tipped off about this, and guess who the guy? Guess what the name what name was of the guy that tipped them off? Lee. No really? last name. Just Lee. <laughs> so a guy yes. named Lee tipped them off in Chicago that and then and they Correct. located the actual people involved who then just slipped away. Yeah. So like yeah, yeah. And let, let me just zoom out here. Too. Okay. <laughs> you want to get crazy? We're getting wild. Let's get it. Let's yeah. get in there. Let's do it. All right. So uh, I'm I'm going to shout out a podcast about the JFK assassination that's not my podcast. Uh and uh, so there's there's two uh, really good other really good ones that are just focused on JFK. Well, there's actually there's a lot. I don't I don't want to say there's two, but there's one called um, "Who Killed JFK." It's Rob Reiner and Soledad O'Brien, believe it or not, okay. and uh, they're doing a really good job. And one of the things they covered and, and, and Rob Reiner's now, a big guy in the JFK. Yeah, world, no, right? he's a big big actor. Yeah, and I get I get a chance to interview him for my podcast as well. Um, but uh or big uh not actor he's a director but, but he's um, a big in, into the jfk stuff like for a long time oh for sure yeah no yeah, and, yeah. He, and he has been for a long time he's just doing 10 episodes uh and so he's covering the whole thing big picture it's very well produced but it doesn't have like i was saying there's no counterpoints presented as to actually here's the evidence against oswald right so what i'm doing i think i don't think it is competing with what i'm doing because it's uh, it's big general appeal, of course, and then it's also like if you want to spend ten episodes, if you want to zoom into the contested details with a footnotes and transcript, that's that's where I come in. Um, but anyway, in this podcast, I want to say it's one of the more recent episodes. They they go in depth on this guy Richard Case Nigel or Nigel. I'm not sure the right way to pronounce it, but long story short, this guy is a double agent. <laughs> who goes over on behalf of the Americans uh, to defect to the Soviet Union uh, falsely, like, you know, so that he can get them to have him be, uh, you know, a Soviet agent, but the whole time he's really an American agent, right? So yeah. truly a double agent. 
uh, he finds out that there's a plot to kill Kennedy from the Russians. This is what he says. Okay. Finds out there's a plot to kill Kennedy from the Russians. And um, they say that uh, a guy named Lee Harvey Oswald is going to, uh, to do it or he's going to be, you know, it's going to look like he did it. And they wanted Richard Case Nigel to kill Oswald. So <laughs> Nigel tried to warn him. Oswald didn't listen and then he didn't want to kill Oswald, so he went into a bank in El Paso and shot four shots in the ceiling. And they arrested him, and he immediately asked for an FBI agent to speak to him and whatever. Told him his whole story. His The inventory of his car backs up his story. He had Oswald's ID on him in his car. He's arrested in August and says all this stuff, that there, there's going to be an assassination and Oswald's going to do it what? in August. Yes, 1963, like right before it happened. Um, and what happened now, to him? There's, so what happened is he had some attempts on his life. He, things ended up kind of like uh, uh, he was in jail for a while for the whole shooting into the ceiling. Um, he kind of laid low. And then he was got a subpoena from the Assassination Records Review Board in like 1994, 95. And the day that he got the subpoena requiring him to come in and testify, uh, he was found dead. He had always told his son uh, that if he ever died, there was a, uh, a like a footlocker that he wanted him to open when he died that had all of his like most secret stuff and, you know, wait till you, he died. And as soon as he, he, the son found out that his father had died, he went to the storage unit to try to find the footlocker and, and it had been broken into and the only thing missing oh, was the footlocker. Fuck off. What? <laughs> How did they? Oh, I mean, damn. I mean, they're probably yeah, watching dude. this right now. <laughs> yeah. So, like, and then, you, but there's counterpoints to that. The, the, the counterpoint right. is, you know, the FBI wrote a report that says, nah, he didn't say that. And yeah, it's weird that he had Oswald's ID. And it's weird that he had fair play for Cuba stuff in his car. But what are you going to do? There's coincidences sometimes. Move on. The story's far-fetched. Don't believe it. Is that a, a counterpoint, though, for that's, the FBI that's the to be like, hey, weird stuff happens, but we're the FBI. Yeah, so just well, yeah, on? the counter, truly, on Richard, well, to be honest with you, I haven't, since I haven't covered that in an episode yet, I have not dug deep enough for the counterpoints, but there always are counterpoints to every point. I guarantee it. Yeah. I guarantee it. <laughs> and what level was just like, you know, the... I guess because whoever might have been involved, there's probably like a whole disinformation campaign as well. Because if you know, if to keep this covered up, the best thing you can do is yeah. just be floating out a million different data points. Obviously, ones where someone he has his license, you're like, I don't know, that seems unlikely. That's a coincidence. I mean, here's an example: um, uh, a woman named Priscilla McMillan Johnson was a CIA asset. She's an author. And she wrote the book uh, in, in her, you know, as a co-author with Marina Oswald, wrote the, the book called Marina and Lee, which is sort of the, the main book that uh, Gerald Posner and Vincent Bugliosi, sort of the guys that are defending the Warren Report today, um, well, Bugliosi's dead, but the main books that defend it, they rely, when they try to figure out what's Oswald's personality, they're relying on a book written by Marina and a CIA asset. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. What, Is she still alive? So, but but the, uh, Priscilla Johnson, uh, Marina, I think Marina died recently. She may be alive. She's very old. Is Lee Harvey she, Oswald's uh, children still alive? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they're very. I, I've tried to. Uh, I've I've done deep dives trying to find information about them, and I can't. They're. I think they've been successful at. I just hiding. Hiding. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh -oh. I mean, at your these uh -oh. annual conventions, they'd probably be a hit if they showed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> uh, probably, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, Marina said that Lee did it at first, and then she later said that that, um, that she thought that, that he didn't do it. So who knows? She yeah. she said all kind of different things. I don't think she's a reliable witness, and neither did the Warren uh, Commission. What's cool is after the JFK Records Act, the internal meeting notes of the Warren Commission were released, and they never thought that would have been released. Yeah. So they say a lot of stuff. Like this, great. There's uh, this back and forth between Alan Dulles and John McCloy about the magic bullet, and they're like, "Well, it looks like Governor Connolly doesn't react until until way after Kennedy had been hit. It's far too late of a reaction, and that's what puzzles me." And then Alan Dulles goes, "And that also is what puzzles me." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? That's what puzzles everybody." Right, right. <laughs> and oh, a whole right, Seinfeld bit on it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, anything else, caller? Uh, yeah, I just want to say, Danny. Uh, yeah, thanks very much for for the guest. And Matt, I'm going to check out your podcast. I'm really interested in this, so I look forward to that. And Danny, you mentioned, or I think Matt mentioned before, Lisa Peace, P E A S E, her book, "A Lie to Big to Fail." I read that a few years ago about the Robert Kennedy assassination. Mm -hmm. If you think the JFK assassination is wild, check that one out because there are so many more, even crazier, like things that happened where. Witness intimidation, evidence that goes missing. I mean, forensics, I mean, ballistics. It's insane. So, corruption. She'd be a great guest yeah. to have on your. She'd be a great guest yeah. to have on your podcast, Lisa. Oh, okay. Try to find her and yeah, I'll try. I'll try and uh, break it down. Yeah, I'll definitely okay, try. And I, guys, can, I can. You. I can connect you. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's Fantastic. great. Okay, cool. Nice. We'll definitely do that. All right, thanks, Colin. Right, um, actually, I was meaning to ask you this before. So. For the like the annual convention, are there people who are just like at these the convention who are like pretty much just believers of the official narrative? Because there must be like the people show up and they're like, "Yeah, it's just that that's what's happened." Like, well, I don't know, you know. Um, yes, there are sometimes. So uh, in Pittsburgh, there was a university professor who came to speak um, from the University of Virginia, and she was just talking about Kennedy's presidency. She didn't talk about the assassination. And then someone asked her, like, what do you think? Did, you know, she's like, well, I think Oswald acted alone, but you're entitled to your opinion. And everyone's just like, boo. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're like, bring out Alec Baldwin. And I, cause Alec Baldwin was literally next to like, bring up Baldwin. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah that was, I was, listening that was to... mixed. Good. And I was just I was listening to your podcast where you like played the Alex. I didn't realize I guess he's a big uh, yeah. JFK conspiracy guy as well. Yeah, old Jack Donaghy, man. But I, I didn't get he he had like handlers. He was he had like a team like of fullbacks. And I'm like, look, I'm not that crazy. Like I'm not, I don't care that much. I'm not that crazy. I'll just record a, a little bit of a clip right, of what yeah. he's talking about. That's cool. Though. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it's a cool scene at, there because. Anybody who knows a ton about this wants to talk about it, and they've already alienated everyone in their families uh, because of this. But like, yeah. they're just like, so it's like to get around someone else who also is interested in it and also knows enough to banter back and forth. You're like, oh, right, it's, right, it's, it's right. really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we're gonna take another call here. Hello, thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Danny, this is Grant from Atlanta. 
Grant from Atlanta. All right, Grant from Atlanta, you are on with Matt. Go ahead, please. Hey, Matt. Um, I think your, your, I guess, conclusion that you had brought up earlier about having a shooter from the back. Um, have you ever seen the documentary JFK, The Smoking Gun, about the uh, secret service agent? Or I think in that documentary they talk about he heard the first shot and he accidentally, you know, got off a shot from his M16 rifle. Yes. Yes. I'm familiar with that uh, claim or argument. I mean, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I the, And I believe there's a documentary on Netflix for a long time. Uh, the It's based on a, a book called uh, Mortal Error by a guy named Bonner Menninger, I think his name is. But, but basically part of it a lot of this stems from looking at this recruiter film and, and here's here's the question is it because people who believe this theory think that uh, the driver or one of the other secret service agents turned and fired uh with the with their ar and and it's timed up you know around the time when, when kennedy's headshot is the question is from what they're seeing is that a, a you know a flash of light like, like a like a like the glare from the sun hitting the metal or or are they actually firing the weapon right so so i i agree that there's something there you look at it you're like huh and but i do think it's a glare and here's why there are zero witnesses that that support the idea that the secret service agent fired a shot uh to to my knowledge and i had i did i didn't read the book but i did watch the documentary uh, and and that's because you watch it, and you're like, huh? It's compelling, if that's true that that's what we're seeing. But I don't. And this British film's really grainy. It's kind of hard to to pick out what's what's happening. I know there are people that think that you you really can. Um, but but the, what the main thing I come back to is there aren't witnesses, uh, and I don't think that the government would have covered up for anyone if they incidentally shot the president even if it was an accident maybe they would go easy on him in sentencing right or maybe you know he yeah why like why would they cover up for some like that's well i mean yeah that's the main thing he killed himself what's that the secret you're saying the secret service agent killed himself yeah like uh, a couple months later i didn't know that i I don't know if i knew that yeah he killed himself two shots to the back of the head Clinton side. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I could see at that time if you were the Secret Service agent, like, you, and the president died on your watch. I can't imagine that would be an easy uh, thing to handle. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, I had a, yeah, I had a so, second question. Yeah, go ahead. But I, I, I don't. I, I'm probably going to cover that at some point, just because people bring it up all the time, and I think it deserves being covered. My uh, initial take on it is that I I don't think it's credible given all of the other evidence in the case. It just wouldn't really fit in. But I'm happy to look at the evidence and I'll cover it at some point. Go ahead. Thanks, Matt. Um, You know, the Warren Commission had a lot of heavy political hitters, you know, like Gerald Ford, of course, the, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. And then you have Arlen Specter that was behind, you know, the magic bullet theory. I'm just kind of curious, you know, they've been in such 
the public light for so long. Like, has anyone ever asked them, like, how the hell they came up with that? With the magic bullet theory? Yeah, like, you would think that, yeah, I remember Arlen Specter, he was yeah. a senator up until about 10 years ago. Like, wouldn't someone, like, at, in one of his town halls just kind of ask him point blank? Or, or maybe even, like, a, a journalist would kind of say, you know, about that war, you know, the, the Warren Commission report. Could you kind of give right. us, you know, like some additional context? Because that's just such a, you know, it, it's it's a, uh, you know, huge, you know, article of, of you know, documentation. It, you know, it kind of gets lost on people. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm just trying to think uh, how, to, how to start it. So what? what we repeat one more time what what the how you started the question. Sorry, I, I lost you at the very yeah, end. Yeah, I mean you had the you had the Warren Commission. Um, you know they're they're right oh, up. But Arlen has Spectre. anyone ever pressed them? Yes. Yeah, has, like Arlen okay. Specter, for example, yes, like yes, that guy yes. was just kind of a a crazy dude to begin mm -hmm. with. Like, has anyone yeah. ever pressed them? Mm -hmm. Arlen Specter told I want to say it was Cyril Wecht. Uh, it might have been someone else. I, I you know it's in my outline somewhere. But he admitted that he they came up with the magic bullet out of necessity. So so the theory was you know, they're like, look, we have three bullets because before they thought they they didn't know about the James Tag injury. That's the whole the whole thing when it comes to these bullets and the, and the magic bullet theory. That was the they Secret thought, Service office agent. Uh, James Tag is a bystander who's standing um, basically one street over uh leaning up against the uh the overpass yeah and the one of the first or second shots misses the limo altogether and hits the concrete in front of james tay causing the concrete to come up and cut his ear and his ears bleeding and a cop sees his ear and then the bleeding and then they see the point in the you know concrete where the bullet had hit so that takes but but his so that testimony was, the first shot. was discovered well, that's one of the shots that takes one, one of the shot. shots off the board. Well, then you have the headshot. That's two, at least. Yeah. And then you have you only that only leaves you with one bullet to account for all of Kennedy's other injuries and all of Connolly's injuries. But before they before they found out about um the uh the bystander, James Tag, they were going they were going to attribute Kennedy's injuries to one bullet. Uh, his, his, you know, back and chest injury, and then a separate bullet uh, they were going to attribute to Connolly. Uh, but they had to, it had, it had, that was the only way it could work. So the answer is he made his theory to fit the case, not because he believed it was what. And why does it, why, happen. why three? Is that, were there three shots heard or was that uh, casing? There were found? three shells found in the school book depository building. School book depository. And the majority of witnesses said there were three shots, but it's it is all over the place, anywhere from three to six. A lot of people said a lot of different things. There's a bad echo in Dealey Plaza, so it's really hard to tell. Yeah, I was there kind of recently, actually, and I don't know if this like the trees have grown a lot, but I remember looking mm -hmm. and being like, "That seems like a tough shot." But I'm I'm not a gun person, so maybe it it would have been an easy shot to make uh, if you just had to do it once, but to do it. Um, to fire the first shot and then to have to reload, fire the next shot and then reload and then it was know, a bolt action rifle. Chamber right? it, bolt action. Yeah, not reload, but chamber it. Yeah, yeah. You know that's 
there's a concrete amount of time. I forget what the exact number is, a window of time that he would have had to do that. in. sharpshooters were not able to, to recreate that uh, under the same circumstances. So, um, and that's that little statement I made. There's an asterisk with a well, 10 minute section of a podcast going into the granular details of, well, they did this, but they didn't do this and yada, yada, yada. Right. Bottom line, they couldn't recreate it under the same circumstances. And, and so, I mean, you, you know, with the magic bullet theory, I think just by having that be the definitive answer that the government basically settled on, I think that really caused a lot of, you know, the conspiracy theory to really boil over because it's so implausible to have a, a, a bullet twist and turn so many different directions. If they, you know, if they would have presented that as a one theory and then like like you just talked about the the multiple bullets and maybe present a, a different theory and maybe throw their hands up and say we don't actually definitively know which mm -hmm. which what happened and i think maybe part of that could be into the psychology of these guys are the heavy political hitters they have to come up with an answer yeah i mean you know gerald ford is generally seen as as the fbi's guy Alan, think about this. Alan Dulles was fired in 1961, okay, after the Bay of Pigs. Uh, it might, might have been 62, but he's fired shortly after the Bay of Pigs. And it, then Kennedy's killed. So Dulles is one of, you know, the, Kennedy's biggest enemies. And so you get one of his biggest enemies who's, you know, if there's a conspiracy, certainly with the list, he's the guy who attended the most Warren uh, Commission hearings. So it's called the Warren Commission, but it wasn't run by Earl Warren. It was run by Alan Dulles. Yeah. So that's, you know, the other thing you were, I thought you were going to bring up uh, on the chessboard, uh, maybe it was an earlier caller, um, his diary. His diary is at Princeton University, Alan Dulles's. And for the weekend of the assassination, he has written in his diary, The Farm. The Farm is a CIA operations uh, location in Virginia. Why would the fired former director of the CIA be at the operations HQ uh, at the time of the assassination? That's almost yeah. a Although I guess if he was involved, why would you even write that in a diary? Or was that more like um like a kind of like appointment? He was if you read if, if you read Devil's Chessboard, he 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 didn't foresee the creation of the internet. He never thought that the, he thought the only people that would ever see any of these documents, uh, that being the Warren Report volumes, the 26 evidentiary volumes, were professors. That was it. He thought, yeah, professors, that's it. The, no one's going to look at this. The news will never cover it because we control the news. Right. So, when did the Warren Report, know. when did people start kind of getting their hands on the Warren Report? Kind of 1964, September, September so, of 1964. But like it was like released as. So people could just like, you know, individuals could read it. Yeah, you had to order it. And and the key is there were, most people just got the the summary volume. Um, ah, oh, no, I just dropped my Notorious B.I.G., but we're good. Mm. We're good. Notorious B.I.G. still lives. So there's the summary. No, he doesn't. So the summary volume. Uh, this is what most people have. This is just like the, the 888 pages. Yeah, but most people did not have access to all the evidentiary volumes. And even if they did, it wouldn't have mattered because they had no way to know what was where there's no index. So this woman, this uh, OG named Sylvia Maher, 
put together an index of all of the uh, volumes so that you could go in alphabetical order, find your witness, find whatever FBI report you wanted, and then see what all pages and which volumes to look in to find the information about who you were looking for. So they, they made it hard on purpose, yeah. I think. Yeah. Interesting. Um, all right, caller, anything else? Uh, one last thing, just uh, kind of semi-related, but, you know, uh, in your documentary, um, they brought up was it Michael Bodden, the yeah. the autopsy. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on him? Because I know that, that um, um, what was it, the George Floyd, the family brought him in to do the autopsy. He, he just basically, what I understood, just regurgitated what the state was saying. Yeah, I I don't know enough about the George Floyd stuff to really you know comment on that. But it, Michael Bodden's a, a big deal. Uh, he's certainly been involved in a lot of things, and you know, yeah, I <laughs> I I didn't get to speak with him when making this documentary, but uh, I don't I don't want to throw a bomb at anybody without having a citation to back it up. So we'll. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but I'll keep it open, keep keeping an open mind too. Fair enough. All right. Thanks, caller. All right. We're going to take another call. Thank you again for coming on, uh, Matt. It's really cool. Yeah, right hey, I have uh, like 5% battery left and I, I didn't bring a charger. Down oh, okay. So okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we're going to wrap this up pretty soon anyway. So right uh, if, if, you, if it dies, we'll just, that's how we'll go out. Kind of JFK, <laughs> all right, with JFK the styles. Um, all right. Hello. Thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Bill. All right. One moment, please. I want to patch you through. We're on borrowed time here, Bill. Uh, all right, Bill, you are on with Matt. Go ahead. All right. I'm on with uh, the Crumbster. What's up, man? Okay. I'm on with Big Daddy Matty Crump. <laughs> yeah. Do you know this guy? Second okay. I don't know. I, all right. Yeah. You guys have done a great show. And I'm just <laughs> to ask like the dumbest fucking question. Uh, with like, uh, with a name like Crumpton, do you eat crumpets or do you call your children crumpets if you have kids? All right. We're going to get ready. Yes. We're going to cut that off. Indeed. No, yeah. it's great. I, oh, like, I don't know. You know. I, I thought like I might know you or something. Sometimes we have people on who do shows and uh, then like yeah, their, I don't know. their friends will call in and I assume that maybe. Crumpet. I Listen, man, I've heard a, a people say a lot of worse shit, so. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, it, was, the emails, it wasn't guess, bad. It was just time. more pointless than anything. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's take another call here. Hello. Thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Hey, what is happening? Um, all right. You are on with Matt. Go ahead. Matt, uh, I know your, your laptop's dying, so I, I'm going to fire this off. Uh, what do you think about the stand down order of the Secret Service? Have you heard anything about that? Yes, I forget which uh, which uh, agent was told to stand down, but uh, what you know, it, it was standard protocol that oh, it was Paul Landis, I believe. Landis and uh, Clint Hill were supposed to be back up right. on on the uh, basically running alongside with the vehicle, but and that would have arguably you know, uh, made it a lot harder to have a shot come from the rear. Uh, I don't know for sure if it would have stopped it or not. But yes, I think it's extremely suspicious that that uh, he was taken off 
especially and this we'll is prior to, or we, post this is immediately before the the motorcade leaves the airport to go to dealey plaza right before it happened really they, they pulled back they pulled security back yes Jeez. ridiculous so so There's a video uh, but, I can link it to you. yes and then he's all mad yeah. he's like what are you talking he throws his hands up in the air he's like what are we doing is this, yep. this is crazy oh yep. i've seen that um, yeah, yeah yeah i believe I've seen yeah that. so the, the question is uh what what's the normal protocol and what do they do in all the other cities? And the answer is not that. So why did they change it? Who, who told them to change it? I don't know. We're going to cover that, but that's, I, I would, I'd flag that as suspicious. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty suspicious. And, and just real quick before I hop off. Um, I think the more you look into a uh, Jacob Rubenstein, AKA Jack Ruby, you'll find connections to Meyer Lansky and yes. uh, murder. Inc. Yeah, well, certainly gun running is a, a big thing that I didn't cover my first Jack Ruby episode that I'm going to come back to. But he was running oh, guns yeah. to Cuba, and, and he was uh, involved with a lot of folks that were certainly involved with Santos Traficante, if you believe what several witnesses say. Yeah. Uh, Cuba. Cuba. Who else was in Cuba? A lot of people. <laughs> yeah, well, Lee Harvey specifically, I mean. No. Anyway. Was he? Is that... right. He tried to go to Cuba. Yeah, he was, was... In Cuba. Yeah. Yes, that might have been one of the many uh, dual Oswald sightings. Uh, which which time are you referencing that, he, that Oswald was in Cuba? Oh, God. Uh, I couldn't tell you. Because there, there's a guy who says that Oswald was in Cuba, um, but okay. it's at a time when Oswald was in Russia. So the question is, was oh. it a second Oswald? That's the conversation oh. on that. Okay. Yeah. And like I do someone think who's had the same name or just Oh man, just... bro, let me come back on at the at like when at the end of season two and, sure. and talk about Absolutely. the two Oswalds theory. The oh, two Oswalds oh, theory. Yeah, no, two Oswalds theory. All right. <laughs> God damn. All right. Well, when season whenever you want, you can come back because I feel like all right. barely scratched the surface on this. Um all right, thanks, Colin. All right, fellas. Have a good night. Take care. Thanks, man. All right, what's your battery at? We got one more call here. Three percent. Three percent. Okay, this is gonna be last call of the night then. And if you, if it dies, it dies. Um, hello. Hey, what's up? Uh, one moment, please, while I patch you through. All right, you are on, and very likely the last call of the night. You're on with Matt. Go ahead. Oh, fantastic! Hey, Danny, this is Chris, man. Hey, what's up, Chris? The the it's been Gamachi a long time. Yes, sir. You know, I had to call in because we're talking about rituals here. I suppose. Yeah. So, hey, Matt. Um, yeah. Uh, well, it's 100. So what I do is I do uh, occultic breakdowns with Gematria and, and rituals. And um, Are you familiar with Gematria? My, ma- my main. Matt? Uh, no. It's like numerology so what, just, stuff. Okay. It's numerology. We can just it. say it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically it's just numerology. So it's it's assigning names to letters and numbers together. And this is how the codes, they work. Um, so you've talked about a lot of people, but I can tell you the main culprit behind the assassination, just like the, the main culprit behind everybody. And it's the Jesuit order. So the Jesuits, uh, literally run the CIA, run all the military industrial complex, run everything. So they're the ones who did the JF, who were mainly behind the JFK assassination. I can tell you why. Well, first off, he's killed on the 33 day, 1122. And I always talk about, I call in how big 33 is with Masons. Masons? Like the hot dogs? Masons. Masons. 
Oh, na- Masons. Like a, the, <laughs> Masons, yeah, free, okay. Freemasons. So the Jesuit order, JFK died 170, was killed 177 days after his birthday. And that's the Jesuit order number. You write out Jesuit order 177. You write it out again in the other cipher, 144. He gets killed 144 days after he meets with the Pope. All roads lead to Rome. Okay, and Chris, so this was just a who ritual. Who killed JFK yes, then? No one will ever know. Well, that's, but that's, that's, that's the whole point of the game. You've got to use your numerology to so give us some predictions here. Well, I can, I'll get to that in a second. Okay. With JFK specifically, no one will ever know what, because the whole point, the whole term conspiracy theorist came after the JFK assassination. It didn't it come so no out of it? Ever didn't they know. specifically create the yeah, term conspiracy exactly, theorist? exactly. 100%. So it, it comes out of this. No one's ever going to know who pulled the, you know, who actually killed him. You know, you have um, Jack O'Halloran, who is the son of Albert Anastasia, who was uh, the head of murdering. Someone was just talking about them. He says he was there. We're at one percent, so let's wrap it up. We're just going to go out with a okay. going out like flight MH three seventy, as Logan said in the chat. <laughs> just going to go. Okay, poof, hey, and look in, look into the Jesuit order, Matt. Look into, into the Jesuit hole. order. You'll yeah. you'll see their hands and everything. Hey, okay. uh, to to support your point, I'll 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 throw out throw this out. There's a place called Spring Hill College in Mobile, Alabama, that Lee Harvey Oswald went to. Uh, to speak about his time in Russia because his cousin went there and he was a Jesuit and the CIA worked with all those Jesuits that went there because they were going yep. all over the world anyway. And it was like, Hey, won't you tell yep. us what's going on in Mongolia while you're over there? So that's, that's a thousand percent documented. Here's what's even weirdy, right? For this, one of the main, uh, uh, Jesuit I'm, I'm, guys, I'm loving it. one of the main Jesuit guys there uh, was a guy named Robert Fitzpatrick who's uh, the father right. of, of uh, the lead singer of the band Fits in the Tantrums. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Of course. It's, well, good. You're, so, so then you know then. So, yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, they had their hand in everything. I don't think we'll ever know who killed the bullet or who fired the bullet. Hey, one more thing before I go. You yeah. know what street he was killed on, Matt? Elm. What street Kennedy was killed on? Elm, right? Elm Street. Elm Street. Yeah. It was the original nightmare on Elm Street. And so yeah. they they bring it in later. You know, it, it's a horrific event. So it's all just mockery connections. We'll never know. But I, I love the show, dude. And I love the fact that you know about that Jojo connection, brother. <laughs> right on. All right, man. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks for calling, Chris. All right. We're going right. to wrap this up before we lose you. Uh, we got 1%. Any, so uh, anywhere people can find you, the best place they can catch you on Twitter. Oh, I think we're losing them. Ah, we lost them, and now you just get double me. Um, all right. Uh, well, I'm sorry you guys had to see me like this, but that doesn't matter because uh, he was. We made it pretty much to the end. So that has been the show, everybody. You can follow. Let me just pull up his info right now. Um. So that because I'm sure you, you definitely check out his podcast. Follow him on Twitter, Solving JFK Podcast. Uh, it is where is it at Solving JFK on Twitter, and you can also check out uh, his podcast of the same name. Highly recommend uh, checking it out. I've been listening to it pretty much all day today in the in the past uh, few days. It's very good. Uh, next week we shall be back with a new episode 
we are going to be going into the Oklahoma City bombing. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to start the after show in uh, right at 11 o'clock. We're going to start right at 11 o'clock. I posted in the chat. Uh, if you're watching over on Rumble, you can come over on YouTube. It's Sorry, it's only on YouTube, unfortunately, the after show. We're going to start at 11 o'clock. We're watching uh, videos. We're going to look into some. We just basically, people drop videos. We watch them. We hang out. It's a fun time. There's uh, exclusive uh, phone line available only for uh, the members. If members want to call in, we catch up. It's a good time. It's a good time. Don't forget, tomorrow night we got an all-new episode of The Bathhouse Live, 10.30 from the Stand Comedy Club and Green Room. Um, and, yeah, that's about... I'm trying to think of anything else. I think that's it. I think that's it for now. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, everybody. I also updated the end screen because someone complained that I hadn't updated it in a couple months. And uh, I did it. So now it's up to date. See you all in the after show very soon, everyone. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I'm probably not. Anyways, we'll see you in the after show. Thanks very much for everybody watching on Rumble and all the listeners and all that stuff. Have a good night. And again, thanks to Matt Crompton. Good night, everybody. Empathic abilities, yeah, my face be also stolen. Bleep, blow up, nigga, that just means I'm working. They see me as a leader, so that's why I'm Captain Kirkin. These charts from the stars, that much is for certain. You can feel this here if you up or if you hurt. I'm raising my stock, not talking my feet, it's some burkin. Number Johnny Five, got a fucking short circuit. Bring the track to life when I spit phenomenal. When I hit, she feel that shit in her abdominals. These rappers make me laugh like comic, view they comic do. You know I got a ball out, I hit the track running just like Sonic do. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah. Turn on my light switch, yeah. And they tried to down me up some KO type shit, yeah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch, yeah. Now we pulling up fresh on some flight shit, ah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch, yeah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch, yeah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch, yeah. They was trying to get me on my hype shit, yeah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch, yeah. And they tried to down me up some KO type shit, yeah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch, yeah. I'm pulling up fresh on some flight shit, ha.